Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Restoring Grace Radio on blogtalkradio.com. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining us either live or on archives. Restoring Grace Radio is here to provide online lessons about the Christian faith, our history, our documents, and how to express our faith to a very needy world. Thank you for listening, and now, on to our broadcast. Once again, David Fournier from Restoring Grace Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. Either live or on archives, really appreciate it. Hey, uh, some quick news. Father's Day in 2018, for those of you that are all about celebrating that, the Boston Red Sox won today, so I could be happy about that. So I got some good things going on. But today marks a really interesting day. Um, as you guys know, I've done a lot of interviews of people, um, but basically just people that I find interesting. Uh, a few years ago, blessed to get Dr. Tony Campalo on. Uh, had Tony on here, Dr. Amy Jill Levine, uh, had her, uh, Yehuda Bird, and many others that have come on the show and been willing to talk with us, and it's just been really exciting. Uh, today, we're going to take a turn a little bit different. Our guest today is actually in studio, not calling in on the phone, and it's a person that I met a few years ago, and we met through a common interest, uh, which isn't me. The common interest was disc golf, and we kind of got to you know see each other around, and I got to see him and as he was coming into playing disc golf, and I was coming back from almost a 10-year layoff of playing it out in California. And the most interesting part about getting to know him is that we come from a – you name opposites, we got them. We don't look alike. We didn't come from the same place. We don't listen to the same kinds of music. We probably don't have a lot in common. We have one thing in common. We met out in the disc golf course, and we recognize each other as competitors. This guy is an upper-tier-level player. And he has an interesting story. And the reason I wanted him to tell you his story is because his story is the story of many people. But his story is different because we've got, a, we've got a win at the end. We have a win as we move forward. And this is very important. Uh, as, time, as time went on, we got to know each other, see each other around a little bit more on the course. Uh, my son, Sammy, just thinks that this guy is the greatest guy ever. Um, which is fine because he is a great guy. <laughs> <Is> that right? <laughs> and he's even fashioned his nickname uh, to follow along with this gentleman's nickname. And as a dad, I got to tell you, I couldn't be happier. Last week, about a week or so ago, my son went to go play in a tournament, a very special one. Rocky will talk a little bit about that here in a couple of minutes. Um, he went to go play in a tournament. And I had to work, so I, my wife dropped him off. I came back to pick him up. And I have to tell you what I saw when I got there was a little boy, this kid's 10, 11, 11. He's going to turn 12 this year. This kid's 11, turning 12, uh, turning 12 in August, having the time of his life, surrounded by a group of guys who are just loving on him and telling him what a great job he's doing and enjoying his company. And I will tell you one thing. If we had more futures and more moments like this for kids, we'd have a lot better adults. Because that kid came out of there feeling it, loving it, and feeling really important. And all it took was somebody to say, hey, I see you. I recognize what you're doing. I recognize your effort. So what we're going to do now, this is Rocky, the great one. He is here with us today. 
And, of course, Sandy's nickname, Little Great One. Long story, we don't need to get into that. But Rocky has been through some experiences I find very significant. And I asked if he'd be willing to come here. He's done this with others. He's done a, a, he's done a couple of the television interviews that were online as well to talk about his story. What I'm asking you to do is simply listen. And if part of this resonates with you, if it makes sense to you, email me and say, Dave, I want to know more. I want to talk to this guy. I need to know because there's some things he's going to talk about that aren't easy because life is hard. That's all there is to it. Life's hard. And anybody pretending that it's not hard is going to get killed by it. That's why I hate that thing. You see, you know, what you don't know won't kill you. Yes, it will. (laughs) It will run you over, run you over again, and you won't know what happened. So my friend is here, and I'm excited about it. Rocky the Great One is here. And he's just going to share some things and talk about some things that he's been through. And if we have time at the end, I've got some questions that I'll be asking him. And remember that the show will be re- uh, available for you on Archive. I'll send the link out about a half an hour after the show's closed. So, Rocky, thank you so much for hanging out. We're here at my house. Yes, sir. Doing it live. Doing it live. Doing it live. So I have no idea what's going to happen, but we're just going to go after it. So, anyway, thanks for, thanks for saying yes. And let's get started. Hey, Tell them what you want them to hear. Okay, well, uh, my name is Rocky the Great One, TDJ number 78,000. Uh, I've been playing disc golf for uh, four and a half years. Um, so let's, let's get down to it. Before disc golf, I was an alcoholic four years. Drank a lot. Uh, I started drinking when... Uh, first time I got drunk, I was 14 years old. Uh, my parents were moving us from Colorado Springs to Montana and I was rebelling and tried to go get drunk. And uh, after that, man, uh, I know the feeling was just I didn't think about nothing. You know, I was still a kid, but uh, I started drinking on the weekends, stuff like that. And then uh, the older I got, just the more alcohol became a bigger part of my life to have control. And uh, I don't know. My, I guess my what I'm trying to do is reach out to people maybe going through some kind of addiction, maybe alcohol, drugs, whatever. And, uh, you know, to a lot of people, they feel like there's no way out of it. There's no way to get help. There's, I mean, I want to show people that, yes, there is. You got to have the want inside to you got to want to quit. I mean, and talk about it. Oh, I like to quit drinking. I like to quit doing this. I like to quit doing that. But uh, unless you want it for yourself, you're not going to do it. And uh, it's tough. I'll tell you that much. It's, it's real tough. Um, I started really getting uh, bad in my early 20s. You know, once I was legal to buy liquor, <laughs> it, was, it was done. Yeah, it was downhill. You know, I, I lost a lot of things in life: cheat alcohol, relationships, jobs, houses, cars. You know, I I wouldn't move into a new house or apartment like, okay, where's the nearest liquor store? Where's the nearest bar? Can I walk to the bar? So, you know, that's pretty much what my life is all around is drinking and uh, got in trouble. Trouble as a I've had a negative impact on a lot of people's lives during that period of time. And uh, 
know, you just got to – I'm not saying when you quit drinking and you quit doing what you're doing, that life is just all puppies and kittens, you know. It's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, you know. It's, you got to you gotta relive, you know. It's, you don't quit drinking and then all of a sudden, hey, here's, here's life. Now you're, now you're free. No, you gotta you gotta find out who you are. You know, I was an alcoholic for many years. That's all I knew. Bars, I was getting fights, and you know, that's what I did. So when I quit drinking, it's like, okay, what do I do now? Who am I? You know, where am I at? And uh, I wasn't in a good place. I was not in a good place mentally, emotionally, just. Uh, you just got to start there. You got to start that climb and keep on going because it's not. And bring you down. And bring you right back down. But uh, you feel free to ask any questions. Uh, before, before the show got started, we were talking about you've been through some kind of unique life experiences. Yeah. And you had mentioned that some of the alcohol that you were drinking was to get you almost like to put it on pause yeah. or to, to just get that time out kind of away from it. Um, how, how did that work? How did it work where you were left like you drink and it'd be away from you for a little bit? And then what was it like to wake up and uh, that's where that's where the problem comes in. Like, you know, I went through a lot of my childhood, uh at home or whatever, you know, different different experiences and you know, I'd go to school, I'd fight in school, I'd get in trouble at school. Uh over the years, you know, you carry that with you and it stays with you and uh it eats at you, so you know drinking. It, it shut it off for the most part. Sometimes it it would affect me while I was drinking, and I'd turn into anger and blow up. But a lot of times I drink until I didn't remember. And then you, know, you ask, "How does that work?" And once it starts hitting you again, you just drink more. You drink more and more, so you don't think about it. I mean, it's. That's where that's where the problem starts. I mean, it's uh, you don't want to deal with life. You don't want to deal with reality. But at the same time, you're destroying your reality. Like <laughs> you have no clue. Like and then you're drunk, so who cares? You know what I mean? Like um, a lot of the the anger and stuff that I carried around, I'd go to bars and that was my weekend thing. And we go to the bar and see. So I can get in a fight with. And I had a couple of buddies and some crazy cowboys, and we'd go to the bar and we'd see how many guys we could take on tonight. You know, <laughs> that was our thing. And uh, it's uh, until you face, until you can face your problems or whatever's eating at you, it's it's not going to go away. Regardless how much you drink, regardless what you use to get rid of it. Temporarily, that's all it is, it's temporary. I mean, you're not going to get rid of it permanently until you face it and you deal with it. And uh, that's the hard part. That's the hard part is to say accepting it. Okay, this happened in my life. Let me accept that. Let me learn from that. Let me move on. And well, you're using drugs or alcohol or anything else to cover that up, you can't do that. Because you're just uh, you're running from it, you're hiding from it, you're not dealing with it. it. Takes a lot. It takes a lot of strength 
Facebook. It doesn't sound, I mean, it doesn't sound hard to a lot of people. Like, there's people out there that, oh, well, I've been found that way, too. Okay, well, maybe that affected you different than it did me. Just because you've been there, you went through that, doesn't mean you got the same feelings towards it. I mean, anything can happen to where, I mean, you walk outside, you get hit with a rock, I get hit with a rock. We're both going to have different feelings about this guy hit us with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> you, know you might think, oh, maybe he hit me on accident. I might be like, yeah, I'm going to go beat the hell out of this dude. You know, it's, it's, it's how you take your experiences. You know, like I hear guys all the time say, oh, well, that happened to me and this and that, and I'm just fine. And I say, well, it's good for you. You know, I'm, I'm quite a big person. I took it this way. You know, and just how you deal with your problems, man, and uh, have your mind through liquor, you know, I drank. You know, my daily routine when I got older, and this was on a daily basis, was an 18-pack of tall boys and three shooters of tequila every single night after work. Get up in the morning, I drink a couple beers before I went to work so I could feel normal. Lunchtime, maybe stop and grab me a beer. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, was, it was horrible. But uh, it was just killing me of what it was doing. You, know? you brought something up very powerful. 20-something years. That's a long period of your life because you don't look like you're 80 to me. <laughs> you had this 20-year period of your life where the, what you just talked about was normal. You felt, you felt disappointment or rage or all these things from bad things that happened in the past. You get drunk. It's kind of like pressing the pause button. I wake up the next day and I get started. So at some point, you said to yourself, this isn't normal. Or at some point, you said, I got to do something. At some point, you recognize, for 20 years of doing something, I would think you just go on for your life doing it. Yeah. Like opening the front door to get out of your house. You got to get, everybody does that. So at one, at one point, what was normal for you stopped being normal. What were some of the things that, that brought you to the position to say, okay, this isn't, this isn't normal? Well, one, you know, I, I woke up one day, you know, I was hungover bad. You know, I used to get really bad hangovers. I'd go in a shake, panic attack, everything. Uh, my daughter, she uh, came in my life many years later. But uh, I was building a relationship with her, uh, my grandkids. The battle was just born, my youngest granddaughter, well, watch out for now, but uh, Bella was the baby at the time, and um, I just, and I just got in trouble, just got sentenced to probation, and I woke up, and I'm like, you know what, I can't do this, you know, I see my granddaughter, and I'm like, you know, I don't want her smelling my breath like liquor, and you know, I got a all these years I spent, you know, with my son not being a good father. A lot of their life passed by, and I was in a good bed. I was always there for my for my kids. I was always part of their lives, but I was not somebody that they could depend on. You know, I call my dad or he's drunk. You know, it's only one thing. Uh, they come over, spend the weekends or whatever, and I drink. You know, and it's like, you know, on the verge of losing my relationship with my kids. Uh, 
I didn't want I didn't want that. You know, I wanted I didn't want my granddaughter to sing song with my grandpa's songs all the time, you know. Stuff like that. And I, my kids are the biggest thing, man, like that was my main uh, my main reason to quit and for myself, you know, I was tired of being sick, I was tired of being broke. Like I said, you know, I, I sobered up, man, and I'm looking at the kitchen table, and there's an eviction notice that's been there for a week. And I'm like, man, I'm about to leave my house. Just lost my job, so I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, normally I'd scrounge up some change and go buy me some liquor. I'm like, you can't do this. Got to figure it out. And so I called a buddy of mine, you know, Diggle, mm-hmm. Dennis Antonio. He was running his own gutter company at the time. I hung gutter for 20 years, you know. And, uh, I, knew, I knew my job, and I was good at it. I was one of the best. And uh, I called Dennis, and I left, man, I'm, I'm quitting drinking. I need work. I need help. He was like, well, I need, I need to work with me and come stay with me, but you can't drink. I moved in with Dennis, and uh, he put me to work, and that's when I started playing disc golf. Yeah, and uh, you sit back and you reflect on them um, over 20 years, you know, it's like, like I said, you got to relate, you got to figure out who you are and what you want in life, you know, because, you know, when I was young, I said, okay, by the time I'm 35 years old, I'm going to own my own house, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Okay, well, I've talked about it, you know, but. I was talking to people at, at the bar. Yeah, when I'm 35, I'm going to have me a house and everything else. But for now, give me a shot, you know. Like, <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize, man, how much alcohol consumed my life over the twenty-something years. You know, my my kid's mom, she was she was a good woman, and alcohol is what toilet relationship for. You know, I was young. I didn't know how to be a dad much less, you know, a boyfriend, husband, whatever you want to call it. You know, we weren't legally married, but, you know, that was the mother of my, my kids. But I didn't know how to live that. You know, I grew up, you know, I was gangbanging. You weren't going through all that stuff. Now I'm trying to be a dad. I mean, it, I, I didn't know how to do it. And uh, eventually she got tired of it, and she left, and, I just, okay, well, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, not realizing, okay, I jumped into another relationship and drank the whole time. Eventually, that's what kind of that relationship. If you, I mean, I'm not saying, oh, you're a bad person if you drink. Because there's a lot of people that can control it, go out, have a good time, and it's done. I'm not that person. You know, I, I, you give me three beers, I'm shutting the place down. You know, I'm not going to have a couple of beers and go home. I'm getting drunk, and uh, that was my problem, you know. After a while, I just consumed my life, and uh, it's, it's tough, it's tough, but, I mean, if you want it, if you want to quit, you can quit. I mean, you do need a support, whether it's your mom, whether it's your best friend, whether it's whoever, you do need that support system, and uh, without it, I mean, I won't make it, you know, like, people go to AA, people 
go to counseling and do that. You know, I did the classes and all that stuff, and it just wasn't for me. It wasn't my my thing. You know, I'm in here listening to this, these people tell their story. And I'm like, shit, you know, this is making me depressed. I'm going to go drink. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you know, I hate to say that, but it's true. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go drink. But, you know, so, I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, uh, I just figured, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. You know, it's been me, you know. I've always been a fighter, so it's like, okay, let me start fighting for something better. There's a real famous philosopher who said years, thousands of years ago, this guy said that an unexamined life is a life not worth living. You said a few minutes ago, you said that you had to sit down and figure out, who am I? And to me, I think that's like the world's most scary question for people. Because one thing we've learned from listening to you is that when you're when you on alcohol, your life is hard. When you got off of alcohol, your life's still hard. Yeah. So getting out of alcohol isn't to make your life easy because that's not how that works. It's just the other set yeah. of problems that hopefully are more manageable yeah. because you're sober. Maybe yeah. that maybe that works. But the other part of it is that coming out of this experience, here's this 20-year block in my life where this is this person. You put a knife in this, you're like, no. And you step over, it's like, well, now who are you? Like, yeah. how do you grasp that? Because to me, I think that would be the biggest scary part to somebody who's trying to find a way out of whatever their situation is. They've been lying to themselves for this many years. They've been doing these things for this many years. They've been pretending for this many years. And they say, okay, enough of this. It seems very scary to open that door, walk through it, and go, I'm starting over. That's that's basically what you're doing. You're you're starting over. You're starting a whole different different, uh, walk in life. Like, um, person I was when I sobered up is, I was sad. Like, it was like, man, what, what are you doing? First thing you got to do that I did was try to build myself up, build my confidence up. Like, okay, you know what? You can do this. Thing. Go to work. Do what you got to do. Getting off work. You know, I'd work from sun up to sundown. Because I knew, okay, if I get off at 5 o'clock, I'm going to want a beer. So I called this, hey, you got another job I can go start? <laughs> you know, I work till it's dark outside. And I work till dark. I work seven days a week. And then at uh, the same time, you know, you got to you gotta say, okay, you know what? I did a good job today. I did a good job. You know, pay, give yourself that praise that you need. It's a great one. Because... You know, you're starting over. Nobody's going to do it. You know, nobody's going to nobody's going to look at you and be like, "Oh, Rocky's went and drinking." Yeah, right. You know, I've heard that. I heard that a lot. Okay. I heard that a lot. Okay, yeah. Let's see how long he's doing. Let's see how long he can stay sober. Okay, well, you know what? My point. I'm not here to prove to you anything. I'm here to do it for myself. So please say that again. Say it really loud <laughs> because I want to talk about that. Say that again. <laughs> okay. What I said was. You know, you got to – I tell people I'm not here to do it for you. I'm here to do it for myself. You know, you could either believe in me and have that faith in me or not. I really don't care. You know, that was my attitude, and I stuck to it. And, you know, first year went by, oh, shit, you know, I've been sober for a year. Your thoughts on it? I don't care. I really don't care. You know, my mom, she was one of my biggest supporters. Parts there was my mom, and 
I knew she was proud of me because my mom seen everything that I went through. My mom was the only one, only person on the planet that's ever been there through the whole thing. You know, my mom's came over to my apartment where it was just trash, and I'm having shakes, and I'm like feeling like I'm gonna die because I need a, I need beer, you know. And, no, she's mom though, so she yelled at me and screamed at me and everything. <laughs> <It was yelling. laughs> yeah, like, okay. All right, you know, so, but, uh, you know, she went through it. And, uh, you know, she, so now what we do every year is go take me out for a steak. So I'm like, all right. So my stepdad, after the first year, he's like, well, you better stay sober because I want another steak next year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, um, yeah, you gotta, uh, you gotta relive. You gotta, you gotta start from scratch. Because you're not really going with it. So three things you said that I want people to remember. One of them is that when you take on a fierce challenge, be around fierce people. Somebody yeah. who's there for you to say, okay, listen, you come with me. This is where you're going to stay. You're not going to drink, but we're going to go get busy. You have to have fierce people uh, around you. You have to have fierce people around you to get through things. The other one is stopping and recognizing the mile markers. I, I'll tell you right now, I see more people in their lives that I look at their lives and I'm just like, wow. How did you do this? And they seem stunned, like they never took the time to, to high five yourself, basically. Yeah. Uh, and the third thing you said that rings really true with me is that um, a true competitor, he's not worried about other people's score, or other people playing, or other people cheating, or sandbagging, or all the other things we run through. Yeah. A true competitor is focused on his performance. Yeah. And if there's somebody cheering, just remember, that same guy cheering you will be the same guy booing you if you get ahead of him. Yeah. The same dude that will talk stuff behind your back. But the importance of just saying to yourself, I'm not doing this for you. Yeah. I'm doing this for me. Most relationships, I think, crash. Because people get in this relationship and they think they're going to be all these things to this other person and then they can't get there. Yeah. Be yourself. Yeah, exactly. The magnets will attract. If you're supposed to be there, they should work. Um, what you just said just made me think of a quote that I've seen. It says, uh, pay attention to who claps when you're winning, to who applauds you when you're winning. That's, that's true because, like you said, you know, the same person that would do it would be the same person doing it when you're not doing it. And, uh, I mean, that, that's true in, in every aspect that you go through in life. You know, it's not just sports. It's, it's, it's with everything. You know, the same. If I was to start drinking, Again, back then, it's the same person. It's going to be like, oh, well, good job. Oh, I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to make it, you know. But I wasn't, I wasn't doing it for nobody else. You know? I mean, yeah, my kids, if they can call me and depend on me, okay, I can call my dad now, you know, and, uh, and myself, you know. And that's, uh, when I started playing disc golf, man, that's, and I was seeing I can, I could actually get better with it. That's where I went with, with the sport, you know, like, I go and play two rounds a day just so I didn't, I wear myself out so I didn't crave that drink or want to drink no more. And then I set goals when I started playing. And uh, I've achieved them. I've, I've achieved a lot of them. You know, my next goal is it's a big one, but, you know, I'm going for a world title. You know, <laughs> that's what I want. Before I, before I die, I'm going to get me a world championship. You know, and, uh, that's, that's that's where I'm going, you know, but along the path, you know, like I said, you got to, I had to learn, I had to learn how to uh, be a better person. Players that I've met are so different from the people that I hung out with in bars and fighting and 
doing all that stuff, you know, like, I had to learn to take criticism, which I was never really good at. <laughs> you know, I had to. I just had to learn how to how to learn how to deal with a lot of stuff differently. Without getting mad, without you know, it's, it's hard, hard. But you know, I, I, I could say you know I became a better person just in the past. You know, every year, every every moment, you know, I try to grow. It's a test, though. I get tested a lot, right. you know, and it's like, okay, you know what? Do I snap and just beat the heck out of this dude? Or, no, you know, I got to breathe. Okay, just let it go. You know, it's, it's hard because you still got that mentality that you had for so many years. You try to control that. You try to overcome that. And sometimes it's harder than others, you know, like, you know, playing this sport. Nobody's, I mean, there's been a few people that see me get upset, and but most of the time, you know, I'm a, I try to have a good time, try to have fun, you know, it's a bad, you gotta, you gotta relive, you gotta relive, man, it's over. Now, disc golf is a huge part of your story, because yeah. that tournament I was talking about with my boy just a week ago was, your, was a five-year sobriety marker for you. Yeah. If you think about all the different ways people celebrate those major milestones, you're probably the only dude who did that. <laughs> so you must be really yeah. kind of committed. So I got a disc golf yeah. question for you, and then I got one more question after that. Okay. Okay, and I've seen you play. Okay. I've seen you on the course, uh, and you're an upper-tier player. You're in the beginning. You know, you're an upper-tier player. When you go out there to play, you've often got a target on your back. People want to beat you. Yeah. They want to be able to stay they beat you. <laughs> yeah. How do you handle that? I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. I, I do. Because, you know, it, some people, it affects different. Oh, uh, why do you want to be? No, you know what? That shows me I'm doing something right. Okay, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, okay, cool. And and when they do, you know, these guys, when I lose or whatever, I don't get on my feelings about it and be like, oh, you got lucky or not. I'm like, you know what? Good job, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll talk my trash, but, you know, that's what I do. You know, that's what I'm known for. And, uh, but I, I don't have no hard feelings. I know nobody about it. I'm like, well, that's cool. You set a goal. I'll tell them. No matter what you got to do, keep beating me. You beat me once, and now don't let me beat you again. You know, and it it kind of makes you work harder, makes them work harder, and it's just it's fun. I enjoy it. You know, like the as far as I've came in the last, just in the four and a half years I've been playing, has been such a big accomplishment for me. Like I started playing at Cottonwood, playing the you know just casual rounds, and then I've met. Players like, you know, John Collins, he's, you know, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, Mike Phoenix, Jesse Turner, you know, all the other local pro players, you know. And uh, I started playing leagues with them. And, you know, they give you a little hint how to throw, how to do this, how to do that. Well, then when I started playing leagues, I found out about tournaments. Well, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a tournament. So I played the Rocky Mountain State Games where I met you at. And, uh. After that, I played the Sean Dawson tournament. I got third place in that one. And then I found out about the Amateur World Championships. And, you know, there was quite a few people that were like, oh, well, you can't go play that tournament. You got to be invited to play that one. You know, you got to be this player and this and that. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll be playing in a couple of years. You know, and there's a few guys that were, oh, no, you won't make it. You won't get your invite. You got to do this. You got to do that. 
I go, don't tell me I'm not going to because, you know, that's my goal now is to shut you up. Because, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, just in two years of playing tournaments, man, I got my invite to go play world, and I went out last year. And uh, to me, that was that was huge. That was huge for me, like, to get that letter saying, from the PDGA saying, you are invited to register for the world championship. You know, I still got that paper. I'll never, I'll never get rid of it, ever. And uh, <clears throat> like I tell everybody, you know, last year was an experience. I went out there to check it out and experience it. You know, I, I did my best. This year I'm going back, and uh, I'm going back to, uh, I'm going to play. I'm going to, to business. <laughs> like I said, I want a world title before I leave this area getting pissed off, and I'm going to get it one way or the other. So. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. Like, you know, coming from where I was at to where I'm at now is just it's, it's different. Like, I went to Worlds last year, and there was people there that knew me that I had no clue who they were. Me and my son get to the course our first day, and as soon as I step on the course, this guy's staring there, and he's like, hey, it's Frosty the Great One. I said, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? He's like, man, I'm on your Facebook, bro. He's like, I was just telling my wife that I'm, I hope you're here, that I get to meet you and this and that. And, you know, we started talking, and, you know, we played uh, – the course we were playing was huge. So we walked all the way back to where I was teeing off at, and this guy is sitting on his bench, and he says, well, if it isn't Rocky the Great One, I said, hey, how you doing? He's like, hey, man, my name is Michael Rush. I'm on your Facebook. And we started talking. And we ended up playing two rounds together because we were on the same card. But this mission and stuff like that is so it's, it's huge, you know, it's huge. And then uh, when Sammy, when you sent me, I mean, I ain't even gonna lie, like I, I teared up. <laughs> I teared up when you sent me that, and you're like, Sammy wants a nickname, and he wants to be called the Little Great One. <laughs> man, I got teary eyed. I'm like, man, I said I would, I would be honored, man. That's, that's huge for me. It's huge for me. Like, you know, who twenty years ago, who the hell won't be like me? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, okay, you want to be here's ten bucks, go get you a bottle, man. <laughs> but you know, and ever since then, you know, it's been like knowing that okay, this little guy is watching me. You know, this little guy is cheering me on. This that gives me a lot of motivation. Uh, the support you yourself gives me gives me a lot of motivation. You know, it's like okay, you know, let me. You know, I'm not going to win every tournament. I'm not going to be on a lead card with, you know, Paul McBeth and guys like that. But I'm going to give it everything I got to not disappoint. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm not going to win. So every single tournament, I'm going to win a lot of them. So. <laughs> but uh. You know, I'm I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it my all. You know what I mean? And that's I mean, I, I my Facebook page, I got my own disc golf page for it, and I put a lot of motivational uh, things on there, quotes and videos, and you know, I don't just put them on there. To put them on there, like the videos I post, I watch them and I watch them over and over and over. It's because you know you need that you need that motivation. You need something to uh, keep you going, and. Uh, I have to say, you know, the people I've met playing disc golf, 
has made such a big impact on my life. The one person that I even voted down, so is uh, Santos Montoya. Good guy. Santos, I absolutely love that guy, man. He is, he is so awesome. Like, first of all, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He's one of the best team out here. Uh, when I first started, I'm like, man, that dude, that dude, that dude's awesome. You know, he's a good player. Uh, you know, I'm a rookie, so you know, nobody talks to the rookies. You know, so but uh, I went there. I played a Steel City shootout a couple of years ago down in Pueblo, and. Uh, my transmission was going out in my car. So halfway to Pueblo, I'm doing 20 miles an hour, pulling in the Pueblo to the tournament. And I'm like, you know, Dizzle, he played the tournament, and he's like, well, I'm headed down this way, so I'm not going back to Springs. I never even met Santos, you know, and I'm like, dang, I need somebody to follow me. And Santos is like, what's the matter? I'm like, my transmission's going out. Because I'll follow you in case you break down. So Santos followed me from Pueblo to Springs, 20 miles an hour down I-25. And I was like, man, you know, I, I don't know how to repay you, man. That's awesome. I appreciate it. But you know, after that, we just started becoming good friends. And uh, I'll tell you what, that dude uh, shows me a lot of support. Like we said, we're, we show each other a lot of support. Like just send me motivational songs like, hey, bro, listen to this. I'll send him something. Hey, listen to this. And uh, he's just a good dude, man. Yeah. Santos is a real good guy. Like I love that dude to death. And uh, it's just amazing some of the people you meet, you know, from all walks of life. Like it's definitely, you know, when I play worlds, you know, you got me. I, I install windows for a living. Uh, you got these guys that are lawyers. You got a cop and a truck driver on the same cars, and everybody grew up their own certain ways. Everybody's talking about different stuff, and it's just, it's amazing the people that you meet. Like, and I met people from Finland. His name's Juha. I met him at uh, the Glass Stone Open. And since we play together, like, you know, we talk here and there on Facebook. You know, he wants me to go to Finland and play his tournament out there. And I'm like, dude, I've never been on an airplane. I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> to. Yeah. I don't know about that. flying all the way to Finland, man. You know, it's true. But uh, it's just awesome. You know, and like, you know, he tells me, hey, you're known in Finland now. The great one's known in Finland. And I'm like, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I love it, man. I love it. You know, like, disc golfers get, like I was telling you earlier, you know, it started back in the late 70s, and people think, oh, well, you're a disc golfer. You must smoke pot. Or you must do this. You, must you don't have a job. Thing. Yeah. That's another one I do all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you must not work. You must not work. That's why you're out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you know, to each their own. You know, there's people that do it. There's people that don't. But, you know, um, I want to put it out there like, here, you know what? I used to do that before I played disc golf. You know, I want to I want to put it out there like, you know what? I'm not, not everybody does that. Not everybody drinks, not everybody smokes weed, not everybody, you know, some people do it for the love of the game, you know, and that's, that's, that's what I do. And, uh, and at the end of the month, this month, uh, my... Some of my stories are going to come out in Disc Golf Magazine. That's huge for me, too, like, you know. And I'm sitting there, and, I, you know, I was reading an article in the magazine, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to contact them and see if I can, you know, share my story with them. And then, like I tell the guy, I said, I'm not here to 
like I said, like I said, I'm not going to be on the lead card with these guys. I'm not going to be rich and famous. You know, my whole thing is, if I could reach one person that's going through the same thing that I've been through, and if they could see, hey, you know what, this guy's been through the same thing, he pulled out of it. I can do it too. Because you never know, that one person might tell his story, and it might reach him, and it might reach him, and this can go on. But you know, just to make a difference in one person's life is enough. Is enough for me, you know. Like uh, now, like you know, my son Brian, he's my youngest. He's doing really good, and he'll tell me I've learned my lesson from you guys. <laughs> you know, my other sons and my kids, but. You know they're 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 living, and uh, Brian's like he's like oh, I've seen you do it. Like you know, he told me I told him how proud of him I was for what he's doing with school, and he's gonna go into the reserves, and he's eventually going into the navy, and you know he's got through his whole life planned out. And I told him I said well, I'm proud of you for that. And my son looked at me and he goes I'm proud of you. Yeah. Of course, I waited till he was gone before I started getting all teary-eyed and everything. So you know, that ain't gonna come in front of the boy. So, but I mean, it's just stuff like that 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 gives you that extra that extra fight. And there's years and years ago, there's this guy. He's flying a plane. He loses the engines in his plane, and he lands his plane on water. Happens in New York. Yeah. Scully, I think is his name. And people have always said, and this is the nature of people. This is why I don't like people that much. People think, well, that'll never happen again. That'll never happen again. We didn't need to have it again. We need to have it that one time. Yeah, exactly. I promise you, everybody in that plane is very thankful. I don't know how this dude does this, but this this hundreds of tons vehicle he lands on water. I can't explain something like that. But that man's whole life came to this one moment where he did something for these people that they couldn't do for themselves. That's the importance of your story. Yeah. You and I probably, hopefully, never get on the news for landing a plane on water. I'm okay if we pass on that one. I won't get in a plane. That's going to be similar hard. Yeah. But the other part yeah, is just yeah. to recognize your story, and that's why I wanted you to come talk to these people, talk to people yeah. and let them know that we don't need a hundred things to go right. We need one thing. Yeah. Find that starting place. He landed that plane on the water. There's no ever going to be an explanation how that happened other than it happened and you can't argue with it, you've done what you've done in your life. There may not be an explanation for it, but you can't undo it. You're here. Yeah. You're here. So I look at it, too, like uh, everybody wants to know their purpose. Uh, when I was 19 years old, I got stabbed five times, and I almost died. And uh, after that, you know, my life was still going downhill, but that was my choices of the way I was living. And you ask yourself, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? You know, you, you want to know your purpose. Some people never know that purpose. And um, there's a few kids that, uh, one, I met in Arizona at the Memorial Championships, and they got family here. And uh, this kid tells me, he's like, you missed that putt. How come you ain't mad? And I was like, I am mad. I said, but. I said, you can't let that one shot ruin your game. I said, you got to leave it behind you. I said, leave that shot behind you and move on. Well, later that summer, I'm at 7-Eleven, and this kid says, Dad, there's the great one. And I turned around, and 
It was that guy and his son from the Memorial Championship <laughs> that were out here visiting family. Okay. I'm talking with the gentleman, and he says, uh, my son, every time he messed with his part, he says, what did the great one tell you? He was behind you. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, if I can have that effect on that kid, then, you know, that's, that's enough for me. You know, maybe... Maybe that was my purpose, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't know. And then to have effect on Sammy, you know, like that, like when we were playing, you know, he, it was funny because Sammy comes up to me at my at my tournament and he goes, man, I'm not playing very good today. I said, but are you having fun? And he goes, yeah, I'm having a blast. I said, well, that's what it's all about. Now, three holes later, I face mask the basket on my putt, and I'm like, oh. So Sammy says, Hey, but we're having fun, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, that's what it's all about. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you got you got me on that one, man. You got me on that one. So, But, yeah, it's, <clears throat> I mean, the things that, that come along with everything, like, I mean, you've seen it personally. I talk a lot of trash going out there. And, you know, I do it for fun. And of course, over the past few years, like, you know, when I was a beginner, you know, okay, you know, this is the great one. You know what? Well, you want to go one-on-one with the great one. You know, I'm talking crap. Over the past few years, I've seen haters, and it's it's fine. You know, people, I always feel like people want you to do good, but they never want you to do better than that. That's, and, uh, that's how I see it. And, uh, I mean, people are like, did you see I always put never give up on my posts, on my discs, on everything. Never give up comes from not just this stuff, it comes from life. You know, unless one guy was like, oh, ha, ha, never give up. And when I explained to him what it was, he had nothing to say. I said, see, so before you start talking crap, figure it out. You've already given up. That's why it's funny to you, you know. I kind of put him in his place about it, but, you know, it's, people will say stuff and everything else, and it's just like when I was quitting drinking. I'm not doing this for you. You can be mad at me because I'm on Facebook talking crap, and I'm the best disc golfer on the planet, but, you know, I'm not. You know, I'm far from it, but, I, shit, I'm going to make it look that way. But, um, yeah, like, you know, just what I've accomplished in the last four years, there's people playing 10, 15 years that haven't done that. So I'm like, okay, before you start talking trash, you know, be even with me. Catch up to me. Then you can say something. I'm not stopping there, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do my best. And, you know, it's it's just it's who I am, you know. It's like you don't give up. Keep on fighting. And, you know, that's why I'm here. And by the way, it's right there. Oh, there it is. There it yeah. is, sitting on top of the desk. Yeah, with all the things up there that I stare at time to time when I feel like I'm losing my way or losing my mind, yeah. I'll just take a look up there, and there's something in each one of those things. We're looking at a bunch of stuff on top of my desk, but one of them is a heat disc. And by the way, the back of that will say, never give up on it. Yeah. That's on there. It's <laughs> on my son's disc. So, Rocky, here's what we're going to do. Hopefully, after the end world, I'll get you to come back. Because yeah. I like to just talk some disc golf with you. Yeah. And maybe you can drag in a few of these guys that you talked about. Let's get them all to sit down. Let's talk about the sport a little bit. I'm totally open to doing that. Yeah. And I want to talk about that experience that you had there and how it was there. Now, for those of you listening, uh, this program is going to archive. I'll probably launch it out sometime tonight. If you have questions for Rocky, email me through the program. You guys all know how to do that. I'll pass them on, and I promise you you'll get answers. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they can do that. I'm on Facebook. I got uh, Loco Blocky, the great one. I got my own Facebook page as far as this He's follows. not kidding. On the PDGA page, Rocky, the great one. Yeah. It's, he's not yeah. kidding with it. It's very <laughs> yeah. serious. That's what it says. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, don't talk about nothing else. It's just talk and, and motivation. <clears throat> but, I mean, if there's any questions, feel free to contact Dave or myself. You know, everybody needs uh you know, some, some people need to lead in the right direction. You know, there's, there's quite a few people that have reached out to me, and, you know, how do I do this? How do I go about doing it? You know, there's a few guys, I'm like, you know what? If you need it, call me. Call me, you want to go out, you're craving a drink, you're craving a whatever, let's go play some disc golf. Uh, let's go to the mountains, let's go hang out, let's go do something, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, if you got any questions, I'm here. I'll answer I'll answer the best of my ability, but you might not like the answer on something because right. I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. You know, I'm going to come at you straight up. So as we close, I just want you guys to remember this. You watch the news. You watch all this stuff. It just seems like the whole world is just coming apart. It really does. I want you to listen carefully. This is one man. He's sitting right across from me. I can touch this guy. That's how close he is. I hope you don't. But... Yeah, he goes, I don't. <laughs> but one guy can do it. That's a light. That's a path. That's a possibility for this to happen for you. And don't get swallowed up by all the other negativity. Don't get swallowed up by all the losing people that have tried and failed. That was their path to fail. It doesn't need to be yours. If you choose it and you want it and you want to be there, are you going to have some tough questions to face? Yeah, you bet. Life's going to be hard on both sides of it. But this is something you do for yourself because you see the value in yourself because you want things to be different. So we're going to get Rocky back here, I don't know, next month or so. We're going to talk some disc golf. We're going to get some Am Worlds. I want to hear about what happened with the article. That's one thing that him and I will share. I had yeah. I got on the 19th hole about four or five years ago in the PDGA magazine. Completely yeah. different conversation, but I got on there. So now we've got that in common. We're, we're both pro yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Rocky, thanks yeah. for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. I just want to uh, end this with uh, my quote, man, I never give up. No matter how tough it may seem, no matter how hard it, the road ahead of you looks, man, just uh, keep on pushing, man. Just never give up. That's nice. You heard it live, folks. Thank you so much for joining us, either live or archive. We'll be back next week with some more show material.